You want to go ahead and talk? <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to uh, Word Bros. It's been a couple weeks since we recorded anything because I was sick, and then uh, I was sick for quite a while. It was pretty bad, actually. And then, um, yeah, just then we didn't have any guests, and we didn't. I didn't really feel like talking to anybody. (laughs) It's Word Bros. The return of Word Bros. I just just wasn't in the mood to talk to anybody. have any guests so it's just like eh, you know whatever but here we are we're back we're awesome we're word bros what's up kev what's going on how you doing bobby oh good man see we'll see that doesn't sound good so i was in i was in the middle of yawning but i'm doing okay i was just in the i was in the middle of yawning but i'm doing i'm doing well Um, just kicking it this is this is this is our first fireside chat of 2018 so, yeah, well, we haven't done a podcast since we talked to um, Tony. Since we talked to Tony, and that yeah, that uh, that's that, in December. Yeah, that conversation was very fruitful because we've been talking to Tony about about working on a pitch together, which is, I guess, the world we're living in now at this point. With Kevin and I, like, we're not really making books anymore. We're just making pitches. We've we've kind of <laughs> have we have a 2018 plan in full effect, which is we're gonna make pitches. And then if the pitches don't get picked up, we may kickstart them. That's going to be our plan for 2018. But Kickstarter is, it's a weird thing, man. Like it gives you a weird feeling. It does. And I'm glad, I'm glad that you said that too, because I feel that way about it. And I'm sure you have an even more kind of um, stronger feel, a more stronger feeling about it because you still have a Kickstarter. That's, that's in the works. In the process of being fulfilled. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just takes, you think the way that Kickstarter works is basically you're asking people to pre-order your book and, and have faith in you to deliver a product. Yeah. Yes. And if you don't deliver the product, that's pretty much on you uh, from that point on. Cause they paid you to get the product made. Yeah. So, so that's the, that's the tough part about Kickstarter. And my view on it is, you should never bite off more than you can chew, which is what we happen to do. Yeah, um, yeah. And so yeah. that happens. It, it happens. You get a, uh, you get eager, uh, overexcited. So get, I, I am, I am definitely one that's prone to overexcitement. So. Yes, I will say that that is the toughest part of working with Kevin Cuff <laughs> on any project is the level of overexcitement that happens because so many of our conversations end with, "Oh, we'll figure it out." <laughs> Yeah, I get I get very excited, and then I don't worry about the details. I go, yeah, yeah, we'll make it happen. Yeah, we'll figure it out. That's Kevin's that's Kevin's statement when he doesn't want to talk about something anymore. We'll figure it out, and I do it sometimes too. And I'm just like, how are we going to do this? We'll we'll figure it out. 
We do though. So I, I mean, I can't say it has. I don't. I can't say it hasn't worked. It has. It's just. Uh, it just tends to lend to uh, periods of overexcitement about comics. Yes, you get, you get very excited. Uh, I, I am. I'm definitely. Uh, that is definitely one of my character flaws. Yeah. I get overexcited about comics. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, there are worse flaws to have. I'm sure, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, it doesn't help in the Kickstarter mode, though. No, and like, and the thing is, too, like, my wife and I have talked about Kickstarter, and she's like, "You've got two books that are just sitting in the garage that you could kickstart right now." Um, she, and she says, "I don't know why you haven't. I don't know why you're not going to." And I think it's because, like, it's the. For me, it's kind of like like you were saying, like the and the weird part is there's no pressure to get anything done because it's already finished. Mm-hmm. Like the book is done already. Like it's done. We we two, finished two it. books over. Yeah. Two. Um. So the hard part would just be like the constant pimping and the fulfillment, and I just don't want to not get a goal because it, we we already encountered crappy comic. Uh, existence for the past year so it's like i don't want more kind of negativity piled on top of already negative stuff if that makes sense mm. does that make sense it does it does um you know we had a very difficult uh 2017 but i mean that's the way the cookie crumbles i guess you can't really do anything about it you just got to keep going keep fighting keep moving but we pushed um, on in 2018. So yeah, yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it because I'm working on the Metal Shark Bro pitch. You're working on the Dust Pirates pages that we're doing with Tony that just look fucking looking, phenomenal. They're just amazing. Yeah. Uh, and we're not saying that because we're part of it. It really has nothing to do with us. It's no. just, it's all Tony. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he just took the ball. We, we were like, here's the idea that we had. And this is the basic plot premise but we didn't really have a lot just an out like this is the basic what we had and he was like this is a really cool idea and i was like cool and bobby was like cool and then the next couple days he just drawing yeah he just he just started keen it was just crazy yeah It it was like oh i've got like six or seven pages for the bible thing and i was like are you kidding and he's like no and he started sending them and it was like oh my goodness yeah, he's put, it, he's put a lot of thought and work into this. It was awesome. Like it was so great. It, it was, it was so refreshing. Nice. Yes, it was so nice to kind of be on the end of that. Like, wow, man, this guy is an eager beaver to get stuff done. And, but yeah, we we did have a rough 2017, so it was nice to see him working on it. And yeah, and, I'm just excited. I, it's just nice to be, I guess, moving. Um, and then I, we were going to have him on the show today, but he couldn't do it. Uh, I was talking to Mike Exner, uh, and Exner oh, is just. Great. Yeah, he's a good dude, and he was just kind of talking to me and, like, kind of hyping me up a little bit and just making me feel like I could get stuff done, which was nice. Because um, every every now and then you need stuff like that, you know? Yeah, and Exner has, has been doing Adamant without uh, Adamant. Uh, I think that's how you say it. Without, yeah. without a, a, any real support, but, but the the webcomic community support for, what, years now, right? Yeah. So... I mean, there's always that's that's always a viable export for you guys looking to break it in the comics, find it an yeah. artist that would willing to do a web comic. With yeah, you. but the thing about web comics is, and this is something that I don't think people <laughs> understand. I, I I look at web comics and podcasting the same way because once you kind of start your web comics career, 
you need people expect things on certain days. Like they, if you're going to update every Monday, then you better update every Monday. Come hell or high water, there better be a new comic there for your audience. And a lot of the times, if there's not, they'll turn on you because that's the way it was with podcasting. Um, web comics are similar in that you can lose your audience if you don't post every Monday. So my advice for web people that have been doing web comics, and this is for someone that's never done a web comic. This is just from podcasting is get two months ahead, you know, get a month ahead, get a couple updates ahead. So, you know, if it's Saturday and you update on Monday and you ain't got shit, you ain't scrambling. Right, right. If you're ahead, if you're a couple of days ahead, a couple weeks ahead, then you don't have to worry about it as much, you know? And then at least for like the first two months, it should be that way, you know? And then after that, if you've built your audience, they may cut you a little slack. Oh, well, they have updated every Monday for, you know, two weeks, or I mean, for like four months. That's the whole issue with the first issue. So yeah, maybe they took a break. That's cool, because they got to do some more work. But don't start a webcomic with one strip, Jack, because you're going to be in some trouble, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you got to have more in the queue than just, oh yeah, how many you got? Two? I, I feel word? like it's almost, a, it's almost a separate part of the comics business, if you get catch what I'm saying on that. Like, it's, it's not, but it is. Does that make any sense? You have to have a different, a different mindset going into web comics than you do when you're trying to do print comics yeah um you know a couple of my friends have done web comics we should have them on to talk about web comics and then michael may and uh jason copeland kill all monsters started out as a web comic it's true i mean there are web comic success stories that can go from web to print to major distribution like that book did and that book is pretty fantastic uh but yeah i mean there's all kinds of paths and all kinds of ways to get to where you want to go um it's just a matter of just doing it you know that's the toughest part about any of this yeah doing the work because when you do when you put the footwork in um and and sometimes even when you don't as we were talking about with uh with tony we we just had an idea was just we had five or six ideas that we wanted to do but just didn't have them fleshed out really just the basic ideas and sometimes it can go somewhere so yeah don't don't discount that we always write them down one of us always writes them down it'd be it you or me i think last year it was my job to write them down so i did yeah buddy and we're on the uh we're on the schedule pretty much from what we set for last year yeah we we have metal shark bro coming with the we got the five pages for that and that looks freaking awesome yeah um and and we're we're writing up the pitch document now and then that was the first one we said we were going to try and do this year. And then uh, we have a couple more after that. And then we have two more that are up in the air that may or may not. And then I think one or two after that. So we've got our schedule pretty much set out. Yeah. Which is what we, which, what we planned on doing last year. We didn't last year. We were all over the place. <laughs> got, I mean, we got one book finished last year. Um, we did. Um, we're just two. If you count the F anthology. It's true. I didn't even think about that one. Um, the if anthology <laughs> is done. Um, yes, I mean, it's just a matter of just working, man, just working. Like, what do we want to do and how we want to do it? And, you know, I just think I just think you and I eventually have to take that Kickstarter plunge, like just stop worried about it and just fucking do it. Because, I mean, I don't know, man, we keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it <laughs> off. But I mean. I think eventually we're just going to have to bite the bullet and go, fuck it, let's just kickstart this thing and actually do it. We have to speak to the reality of it, which is for us as we don't, 
and this is this may be true of other people who are looking to launch a Kickstarter. So this might help. This information might be helpful to you guys. Um, we don't like to kickstart. Bobby and I are. That's I think that's what our thing is. Neither of us like to ask people for money <laughs> to, yeah. to produce books. But in in the cost scheme of making comics, it's really the only feasible way we can continue to make comics at the level that we're trying to do i mean we could do it we could do what we've been doing one or two but our goal this year is to get out more and to do that kickstarter is a big plus i think in that respect do you know what i mean yeah and it's it's something that we have to do and you have to do if you have to run kickstarters effectively you have to do it well you have to have your pages and your images and your i mean every kickstarter now has a damn pie chart i don't know how to make a pie chart I don't know how to do that. How do you, how do you make a pie chart? You know what I'm saying? I, did, I, I didn't do it. For, I know. For, that's what I'm saying. But my point is like, how do you make a pie chart? I don't know how to make a pie I chart. I did like, say we needed a pie chart. So it's Everybody funny has a pie chart on their Kickstarters. I, I was like, hey, Sean, we need a pie chart. And he was like, oh, I could do that. No problem. And I was like, okay. I'm just making sure. He's like, yeah, it's not an issue. I just do blah, blah, blah. He's like, and he said, how's this? And I was like, okay, let's make it like. The colors represent what, where the money goes, so people know what we're doing. Because I'd rather be transparent and all that. Because I had a guy at work be like, "When uh, he's like, hey, you made a lot of money," and I was like, oh, "I didn't make nearly what you think I made." I didn't <laughs> after, make that after, shit. After after everything is bought and paid for, I didn't really make what you think I did. I yeah, nobody does because it just to- looks great on paper. It really does. Well, because you're you're paying everybody too. You don't, you ain't making shit. Um, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, there's just so much that we have to do and just stop being cowards about it, I guess, you know? I wouldn't say we're being cowardly. I think we're being more, uh, what's the word? Uh, procrastinating. <laughs> yeah, cow- I would say cowardly. That's the cowardly? word. Cowardly? Yes. I would say procrastinating. You just got to bite the bullet and do the kickstart. I'm not afraid if they say no to us on Kickstarter. No, never. And this, and this should, and this should. I don't want to say that this is a lesson that other people should apply in comics, but it works for me. I'm never afraid to ask anybody to do anything, and you can ask Bobby. I'll just ask people. It's true. <laughs> I don't care it's because I, I work in sales as for my day job, so I hear no all the freaking time. No yeah. doesn't bother me. I'd rather hear no than, oh, maybe, or, or that's kind of good or something. No we'll is get fine. get back to you. That's the, wor- the worst thing is, oh, yeah, we'll get back to you because, like, bitch, you know you ain't getting back to me. Just and tell I'm, me no. And, I mean, and when I say bitch, I mean bitch in a non-gender term. Like, I mean <laughs> No way form against any, you know, creed or religion or gender or gender identity. That's just like a. You, you mean in a, in a Jesse Pinkman way? Where yes. he calls everybody bitch? I mean it more in like a dude sense. Or, you know, what's a more effective one? Motherfucker, you ain't getting back to me. Like, just stop, <laughs> stop fronting. We all Why know. Are you fronting? Yeah, we know it ain't happening. You know it ain't happening. I know it ain't happening. Just be like, no, nah, son, we good. And then I'm good. You know what I mean? I'm good too. It doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, and it's not because I'm extra resilient or anything, but I'm just not afraid to ask because I'm like, it never goes anywhere if you don't ask. Yeah, I just hate me some maybes. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. uh, The weirdest thing is when you ask artists, hey, like, I really like your stuff. Uh, I've written some stuff and like, maybe we could work on something together. And they go, 
oh yeah maybe and then like they're like here email me i email and you don't get back like i just go all right well i just move on to somebody obviously you don't want to and i've wasted my life and it's cool (laughs) artists don't want to work with me i mean i'm not i'd rather them say no yeah i'm I'm not saying i'm not saying every artist should work with me because no i'm not for every artist because you suck yeah i mean that's (laughs) the main part i suck too yeah we we suck goose we suck collectively as a team yes as two stupid idiots just sucking, <laughs> sucking, all, sucking all over town. <laughs> two fucking dumb dummies being dumb. But Kickstarter's tough, so I understand people's apprehension to uh, it because it's like, uh. yeah, it's not because everybody kickstarts stuff and like, I don't know, man. I mean, other people don't have that kind of. I, I just have this like. I don't know, man. It's for me. I think it's just a personal hangup that I I need to get over. And you know what? Probably when I get back from um from Savannah Comic Con, which I'll be doing in the middle of the month, I'll I'll just get over that. What date is that? So people can come see you there. You know what? That's a good question. I have no fucking idea. Let me check my calendar. I know I'm doing. I know I'm doing the Jonathan Hickman um, Q and A, which will be fun. Um, That is. You need to give him a. Full Moon Fredo and be like, look how awesome I am. 24th and 25th is the Savannah Comic Con. We're leaving. We're going to get there on the 22nd. We're taking the family, going to spend a couple days in Savannah. It should be fun. That's nice. Yes. Yeah. Well, Stephanie's always wanted. The only reason why I'm really doing this show is because Stephanie's wanted to go to Savannah. She's like, I've always wanted to go to Savannah. I bet it's fun. I've heard good things. So let's go. I mean, hey, you you get to sell some books and hopefully have some fun. Hopefully, that's the plan. Hopefully, I can sell some books, and then I. Then well, Hickman likes crime. Give him an if anthology. Here's an if anthology. That's right. It I start, saw, I, have, I have those. I have to sell those things. Yeah, start here, then go back here, and then read from there. Yeah, I, I got. A, I got a couple of those I can sell. I totally forgot about that. And then that's I right. need to. You need to ship me some of them. Yes, I, I'm just. I've been so lazy about it. It's all good. Uh, I'm not mad. I'm uh, just so lazy. Just so lazy. Um, I have people ask if they could buy one, and I went at Barnes and Noble. At the, <laughs> at the store? I yeah, I don't have none. And they're like, for real? And I'm like, here's the ISBN number. And they're like, damn, that's kind of cold. I was going to buy it from you. And I'm like, yeah, eventually. And I was like, and they're like, oh, the publisher didn't send them yet. No, they sent them to Bobby, but Bobby's been, he's been down. So he just, okay. I, I just, been, I think more lazy than down. <laughs> I'll get them eventually. I know he's not gonna like. He's not gonna like totally. I'm gonna pocket all that shit. I'm gonna burn them for warmth because it's so cold here, <laughs> southwestern Ohio. Gotta stay warm. Is, it, is it cold there today? I mean, it's always cold. I mean, it's winter time. That's what happens. You know? It wasn't that cold here. It's like uh, fifty today. It was. Uh, it's always cold here, man. Always, always, always. Oh, you have coyotes in your neighborhood, though. So you like you like in the wild, wild west out there. Yeah, it's really yeah. fun. <laughs> It's, I mean, we have deer. That's it. I've we have deer. lots of deer. We have lots of deer. I've seen a skunk, but it was far away. So I wasn't, like, <laughs> I wasn't having like a Jack Hanna wildlife experience or anything. It was far. I was like, oh, that's a skunk. Mm. <laughs> I've seen skunks. Nice, nice to know. He was far away from me. I was in the car. I was protected. You know, you think that about deer, but they're actually bigger. Like, yes. When you see them real close, I'm like, damn, that's a big ass deer. They're beautiful that's animals. Big. They're beautiful animals, though, I got to tell you. They're big though. Gee, yeah. I didn't expect them to. Because one time they were grazing right by the side of the road, and it looked up, and like I was rolling by kind of slow, and the deer was like watching me, like, 
what's up, motherfucker? And I was like, what's up, dude? And I just kept rolling. I was like, mm, I don't want you to jump or freak out or, like, hit my car in any way. And then the buck was across the way, and he had a pretty big horn. So I was like, oh, he's pretty big, too. I mean, I'm just guesstimating that he's much bigger than I am if I stepped out of the car. But they didn't look that big because you know, I've always seen them. <laughs> From afar until I was rolling through the neighborhood late one night coming back from Drew's. And I was like, whoa, this, this is a big-ass deer. <laughs> big-ass deer, son. Let's say it happens. Big-ass deer happen. So we going to eat your face. What you been reading? What have I been reading? Uh, I just finished. Um, so far this year, I finished my Conan novel. That was good. Nice. Uh, and then I finished my Star Trek novel. Um, now I'm reading the sequel to the Star Trek novel. And then the next thing I'm going to read is um, We Can Never Go Home Again. Oh, you never read that? I have not read it. It's fantastic. I know. I'm going to read that. That's the next thing on my list is We Can Never Go Home Again. And then after that, um, <laughs> it's weird because I hadn't been to my comic shop in forever. I hadn't been in months. And I was actually dreading going because I hadn't been that long. And I told them to stop pulling things for me. And it got mixed up along the way. And they were pulling like two books a month for me, which wasn't that bad. But I hadn't been in so long. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to owe these people like millions of dollars. So I went. But then I told them to stop pulling everything. And then I went into my shop and I got what I needed. Uh, and as when I was at the shop, it's weird because like the industry being what it is, uh, and, and just kind of, uh, you know, you think you would, th- and shops are closing all over the place and you hear all kinds of crazy things. I love my comic shop because like, Hey, let me ask you a question. Do you guys have this book? And he's like, yeah, but it's not that good. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I would skip it. I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, well, what about this one? He was like, yeah, you know, nah, so, like, I'm asking him for all these books. And like, you think you'd be like, yeah, it's right over there. I'm getting like, Meh. I don't know about that one. Only all right. Yeah. yeah and I thought, I, you know what? Part of me was like, wow, man, this dude is just, I mean, granted, I don't think seven bucks is going to save your shop, but I mean, I was shocked. But then at the same time too, I was like, that's very awesome. Because I would, I would say, what about this one? No, I don't think so. He's like, but you should get this one. And I was like, oh, okay. So I picked it up. And I was like, that's cool. And so I bought it and it was okay. Um, I'm being very vague because I don't want to, you know, let the cat out of the bag about what I'm looking at and what I'm looking for. But I was just shocked about how honest he was about things that I was interested in buying. Like, hey, what about this one? Uh, but I've heard good things. Uh, and I was like, wow, that's <laughs> really weird. So, well, I mean, that's, that's how you know you're at the right shop, though. Yes, that is how you know you're at the right shop. Like, if you go to the shop and the, the owner of the shop or the kid working at the shop is tripping over everything, this is great, this is great, this is great, this is better, this is great, this is better, this is great. Got to wonder. When the dude is, I mean, he, he was talking me out of buying stuff. I was like, wow, I heard that was really good. Meh. <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> meh. <laughs> but then he did but then at the same time too he did recommend other things and some of them were things that he were he was pretty high on that i was like Meh. so we kind of met halfway on a couple of things but it was it was an interesting okay. conversation so lots lots of Meh's. <laughs> you know and again it was books and i was like wow these things should be killer i'm really stoked about this nah son nah, <laughs> i found some cool stuff see at the last comic-con at uh 
at Heroes, uh, well, at Minicon, mm-hmm. they had like the five dollar transaction. I got a Kazar, mm, nice by Mark Wade and Andy Kubert. Oh, that sounds fun! And it is like, uh, yeah, it looks great. It's awesome. It's like they're in the Savage Lands. I was like, this looks awesome. I'm gonna read it. It looks like Kazar meets Torok. He's got a bow. I was like, this is. I'm gonna read this. It looks that dope. sounds interesting. I just put it off to the side because I had other things I had to read first. Like I got stuff for Christmas that I haven't read that I've been working on reading, and one of those was The Private Eye from Brian K. Vaughn. Okay, I've heard good things about that. Yeah, I got that for Christmas, and I got The Dark Crystal. The um, oh, the, I've heard the Boom Book. Isn't that a Boom Book? It's a uh, Archaea. Yeah, yeah. So okay. it's by Boom Studios owns Archaea, I believe. Okay. I've heard um, good things. I've heard good things about that. If you're if you're stuck on now, here's what I would say. If you're stuck on the old Henson, Brian Froud art, then you're not getting that because okay. it's a different art style. But it works, so mm-hmm. I, I don't think it. I don't think they're doing any disservice because uh, initially what I heard was the art's not doing the Brian Froud Henson stuff a service. Okay, and so I looked at it in the store in the single issues and was like, yeah, I'll buy this, but I'm gonna wait till it comes out in a graphic novel format uh, in a trade paperback format. That way I don't have to buy issue to issue and worry where it is and all that stuff. So I did. I, I did say I wanted it, and I got it for Christmas. And I was like, oh, this is awesome, because I really wanted this. So I was very excited by that. That's cool. um, <clears throat> so I wanted to read that. So I started, I started it, and I got through the first chapter, and it was really cool. But I have to read the rest of it. Okay. So the first chapter was good. I can say that. The first chapter of that was good. Then I read uh, Umbrella Academy. How'd you like it? I didn't finish it. I'm on the very last chapter. Okay. How how are you liking it? It's good. It's weird though. It is weird. It's really strange because they're like, it's it's kind of like a series of unfortunate events meets a superhero team. Yeah. It's it's very goth. I really um, I really <laughs> dig that book. I've always said that I love that book. The only thing I'm still questioning is like, why does Space Boy have a gorilla body? They haven't told us yet. So I'm, yeah, you'll get there. Okay, it's there. Okay, you'll get there. Okay, because I was like, I, I'm on the fourth issue technically, and I still don't know why he has a gorilla body. Yeah, um, but it's really cool up until there. So I'm like, okay, this is kind of neat. The artwork like, is great. Oh yeah, it it reminds me of uh, Mignola. The artwork looks like Mignola, but it's it's Gabriel Ba. Yeah. But it, it looks do. like Mignola. Yeah, the artwork is great. Well, I mean, Dave Stewart's coloring it, too, so... That's probably why it, it looks a lot like Mignola's work. Yeah. Um, uh, it's good, man. I like that. I, I You know what? That's something I go... That's something I need to buy that I haven't purchased, but I'll go to the library, like, once a year and just pick up the first trade of that and just read it and go, wow, this is just so wacky. I got to the part where she got turned into the violin and now I'm like, oh, that's really cool. There was parts of it I I dug. Um, Sometimes I'm not sure about the dialogue, but other than that, it's good. I like it. This is like, it's just so kind of wacky and and just strange and kind of chaotic in like the funnest way possible. And it's goth as shit. Um, But it's, it's really enjoyable. I like it. So far, I'm digging what I read. So I like it I'm so curious much. to see how they're going to turn that into a television show. Oh, wow. There's that's supposed to be a TV show? Yes. I think it's a Netflix show. If Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. If, if they can do it. Um, now, I didn't read the, the second trade, so I, I haven't got through the first one yet. So the I'm second good. trade is good. Uh, it's not as good as the first one. It's, it's a little actually wackier. Mm. 
Uh, let me just say, if you haven't read the book, it's pretty wacky. So. Yeah, it's just kind of all over the place. I dig all the talking chimps, though. So I like yeah, them. me too. I like the talking I, chimps you, a lot. You could, you could do talking chimps in anything, and you pretty much have my money. Yeah, so. I like talking chimps. Anything with talking monkeys, and you got us. I agree. Both of us. Yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> have, a talk, we have a talking monkey yeah. in one of our books. Yeah, so we like talking yeah. monkeys. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I mean, I should, I mean, I like talking animals in general because I watch too many cartoons. And that's the weird part. I was thinking about this one day, um, like listening to people talk about their influences growing up and how like kids were into like Monster Squad and shit like that. And like, I don't know about you, but I was always more of like a comedy kid. Like I was always more into funny movies. Like when I, when I talk to people, of my ilk of my generation like they have movies that they watched all the time like tell me some of the movies you watched all the time when you were a kid big trouble in little china okay uh conan the barb uh the destroyer okay um goonies okay uh as a kid what was i really into i like the Indiana the indiana jones movies and uh-huh. star wars okay that would that would be about that would about round it out. Okay. See, when I was a kid, like I liked a lot of those movies too. Some of those I didn't get around to appreciate until I was older. Of course, I liked Indiana Jones. Of course, I liked Star Wars. But most of my days were filled with like watching Back to School on Comedy Central over and over and over again, and like watching Looney Tunes cartoons and watching like Who's Harry Crumb and like My Blue. I've seen My Blue Heaven. The Steve Martin, Rick Moranis. That's a great movie. I've seen that movie probably a million times. Uh, and like, and that, it's weird because those are the weird things that have kind of shaped my existence. And like, I don't know if, if everyone shares those, those feelings. Like when I go to the grocery store with my wife and we're walking around the grocery store and we're in the vegetable section and I go, arugula. I haven't had arugula in six weeks. She looks at me and she's like, what are you talking about? And I go, it's a vegetable. And that's straight out of my, that's straight out of my blue heaven. And she's like, you're a fucking maniac. But it's just like, I don't know if everyone gets these weird references. I don't know if everyone's seen. Back I would have got that. Cause I love the, my blue heaven. I don't know I if everyone, I don't know if everyone's seen back to school a million times. You know I've, I've mean? seen back to school a ton of time. Well, not a ton, but enough. Um, I would have to say as a kid, you're talking like, I watched more cartoons than movies. So Do you know what movie I watched all the time growing up? And I think, again, this is why I make comics with talking animals, Hot to Trot. Hot to Trot? Really? Yes. I've only seen it. I don't even remember that movie, really. I love Hot to Trot. Talking, it's a talking horse, right? Yes. And yeah. voice, it's Bobcat Goldthwait. Bobcat Goldthwait was a big part of my childhood existence, like watching the Police Academy movies and shit like that. Um, <laughs> But Hot to Trot was Bobcat Goldthwait. We should get Bobcat Goldthwait on the pod. Uh, he's actually a serious filmmaker now. He's actually made some film. He made The World's Best Dad with Robin Williams. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? He, he made a documentary about um, a, a comic in Buffalo who was very big in the Buffalo scene uh, who was molested as a child and, like, who went on to testify in front of Congress and all this stuff. Like he's a very serious filmmaker, but, uh, but yeah, Bobcat Goldthwait, it was Bobcat Goldthwait and John Candy. John Candy was the voice of Don the horse. And I, t- I have seen that movie a million times. What is the uh, movie that John Candy did when he's a private eye? That's who's Harry Crumb. That, that's, that's a movie I saw when I was I there. love Who's Harry Crow. Because what's it? Jeffrey Jones is in that one. The dad, the dad from Beetlejuice, which is another movie I probably watched like a million times. And also, um, 
The, Ferris uh, Bueller. He was the principal. The Ferris principal Bueller was in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what I was gonna say was the uh, not John Candy, but uh, the Police Academy movies were on when I was a kid. We Steve Gutenberg, dude, he was the best. Oh, uh, so those used to be on TV on HBO all the time. <clears throat> Whatever came on HBO is what pretty much did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so yeah. like. Ghostbusters is a part of that. Yes. You know, I used to love Ghostbusters as a kid. I remember um, the lady that used to babysit me had like this giant like shelf, this giant wooden shelf just filled with VHS tapes. And she had like all those movies that I mentioned and I would just watch like back to school. <laughs> and I would, she's like, don't you want to watch something? I was like, nah, I want to watch back to school. And I would watch back to school constantly every time it was on hbo like hbo or comedy central because it used to be on comedy central every other day like back to school was on constantly in in my in my formative years and i would watch it every time i love that movie and i don't know man it's just weird how different things kind of shape different people you know different influences like when i read people's like yeah you know it's kind of like the, it's like goonies meets Monster Squad meets so-and-so. And I was like, where's the book about the fucking talking horse, man, that solves mysteries? That's what I want to read. That's what I want to write. Because that's what I, It's like Hot to Trot meets fucking Who's Harry Crumb. And it's like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And I, and I know you feel that way, too, sometimes. Because when we're talking, like, you and I sometimes are on two different wavelengths when it comes to, like, ideas and pitches and kind of... What about this? And and I've heard you go, I don't want to do any more talking animals. Like yeah, I've, I've, I've heard you I've say that. that. Like, dude, I'm done. Like I, I don't have any more talk. It's like, no, nah, man. Every the, animal, every animal story, any any animal can talk and it's cool. Every animal solves mysteries, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's life. And I mean, some of it's cool. It just yeah. depends. I, don't it just, know, just, I get in weird moods. I don't know, man. I don't know. Because 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 I grew up on on all that stuff, and then. The cartoons were like Voltron and Thunder yeah, 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 yeah. Silverhawks and that stuff. Uh, Robo, I used to watch the shit out of Robotech. Yeah, so. Robotech was cool. And it's but it's weird though how many pitches you see like are it's like Indiana Jones meets something, or it's like it's like Goonies meets this. Yeah, because you always fall back on your childhood stuff. Like, I used to love He-Man. I used to watch the shit out of He-Man. Yeah, He-Man. The thing about He-Man though is like when you watch it now. It doesn't, doesn't hold up. It no. does. It does. GI Joe is probably the worst one. Um, Lion-O and the Thundercats is pretty bad too because yeah, because they had the space cop lady and her voice was the same as Tatara's and it didn't even change in tone. And <laughs> she'd be like, "Lion-O, you're going to go here," and then he'd be like, "Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats, ho!" And then everything comes and then you hear Chitara talk right after her. Like the, you heard the, the Lion-O break and then you hear Lion-O. I'm like. Wait a second. <laughs> That's the same dude. That's the same lady. She's doing this. They just saved on a voice actor, you know, because they had the space cop lady with the blonde ponytail. I don't yeah. know if you remember her or not. I, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I don't. I mean, Thundercats. Thundercats, uh, I spent a lot of time watching Thundercats. I, I like Mumra. Like, don't get me wrong. I dig Mumra. I do a weird Mumra impression. So. Ah, that's cool. Can <laughs> I hear your weird Mumra? Yeah, 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 sure, we'll do it right now. All right, let me hear it. Ancient spirits of evil transform this decayed form into Mamra, the ever living. <laughs> That's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. For for not having seen that cartoon. 
but I mean, it's, it's interesting though, how it's just stuck in the back of your head. Like you like, yeah, I got this. Oh, I know. I've seen enough Thundercats to know. And, and the new one, they got rid of that whole spiel. Like, I don't think he did it in the new Blu-ray. He just turns, he just changed. So they have the new, the new, the versions of He-Man and Thundercats came out like 2007. Yeah, yeah, you were telling me that. Yeah, he doesn't do it, I don't think. That's weird. Because I have the Blu-ray and Connor and I were watching it and he was into it. Like, my son was into it. So I was like, oh, we'll watch more of these. The boy's into this. Yeah. Um, And then it got to a point where he just fell off and I was the only one watching it. And I was like. Yeah, that happens. And I'm like, okay. I I don't think he's into it anymore. And so he stopped wanting to watch it. he goes through phases for a while with Star Wars Rebels. I brought those on Blu-ray. Okay, yeah, you were those. telling me that. And he likes that one. We finished that one, though. Oh, that's cool. We just didn't finish the entire, the, the third season still out, but that Blu-ray is like 30 bucks, and I'm like, I'll wait till it goes on sale. See, my son right now is into Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the cartoon. Oh, that's great, because it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix, so I don't have to do anything, but the the the, the shitty part about it is, he only wants to watch like the same like six episodes. Oh, like, wow. I've seen the same six episodes of Clone Wars um, every every time. But it's not bad. I mean, it's I tell you what, man, uh, Anakin Skywalker in Clone Wars is way more Very enjoyable cool. than any, any of the movies. Yeah. Yes, than in any of the movies. Like in the movies, he's the most annoying son of a bitch in the whole wide world. And the cartoons, he's kind of stomachable. Well, he's actually a good protagonist in the in the in the Clone Wars. Yeah, he's like, pretty good. He makes mistakes. He, he He's flawed. He makes bad choices at times. Kevin, time. we all make mistakes, buddy. Yeah, but but sometimes kids' cartoons have a, a protagonist that doesn't make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Yeah, but protagonist, sometimes kids' cartoons don't have a protagonist that makes mistakes. That's one of the things that I really enjoyed about um, the new Star Wars movie is that the plan that Poe and Finn came up with was totally stupid and didn't work. That never happens in those kind of movies, ever. The plans always work, yeah. The plan always I never thought works. about that. Yeah, that was one of those, like, their plan was dumb and failed miserably. <laughs> like, isn't that great? Like, it's a stupid plan, and it sucked. And you never see that in Star Wars. Usually it's a, it's a dumb plan. We're going to do this and fly this ship into this big other ship and shoot this thing, and it's going to work out fine. And it does. Works perfectly. Uh, yeah. But in this not, one? Not this time. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't there for you. Nah, I really. I didn't, didn't think about that. Yeah, you're talking about it in the Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, their their that. big plane was kind of stupid. I actually liked the movie, so I so did I. I enjoyed it. I only saw it once. I was good. Yeah, I only saw it once too. I was gonna see it more, but I was like, once is enough for now. Like it wasn't. The weirdest thing about these Star Wars movies to me is I remember seeing even the prequels more than once. Yeah, I saw the pre I saw the first prequel, uh, Phantom Menace, twice in like twelve hours because I saw it at midnight and then I saw it again at like ten a.m. with another friend. I and it, uh, the more I saw it, the less I enjoyed it. But the funny the funny part is the Clone Wars or the Attack of the Clones is by far the shittiest movie ever. Really? Oh yeah. It's not I even. Think, not I even think close. Revenge of the Sith is worse. Really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, like, I can actually stomach the 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 clone one. Wow. The, I mean, partially because of the Boba Fett, not Boba Fett, Jango Fett, uh, Obi Wan fight. I do like Jango Fett, but the 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 love story in um, Attack uh, of the Clones is is just it's 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 awful. Yeah. It's intolerable. Like it's 
the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> How does she fall in love with him? Like he's whiny and stupid and idiotic. If anything, she should have fallen in love with with Obi Wan because I mean he, he's smooth. He, yeah, he, he, it's you and McGregor for God's sakes. He's a handsome man. Yeah, you fucking idiot, George Lucas. But whatever. <laughs> What do I know? I'm just saying. If she falls in love with Ewan McGregor, though, like Luke and Leia are never born. No, what happens is, like, I read this on Twitter and I really agreed with it. I wish I could uh, give credit where credit's due, but, like, she falls in love with um, Ewan McGregor. (laughs) Ewan McGregor's like, nah, I can't. I'm a Jedi. And he adheres to his Jedi kind of his mentality. Like, nah, dude, I'm good. So then she just kind of, I guess revenge bangs or kind of pity bangs um anakin anakin who's in love with her and then you know it kind of comes out where she's like no nah, i don't love you i love i love obi-wan and then then that's even more of a reason for him to be like fuck that dude because <laughs> you know what I mean? like, what's the best way to break up a friendship oh uh, yeah that's true yeah, yeah uh, that's true any 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 friendship can be broken up by by weird relationship stuff that's yeah true. You know, so I mean, that's the easiest way I could think of it. Because somebody on Twitter was like, "How is she in love with a nine-year-old boy when young ass Ewan McGregor standing right there?" I'm like, "I don't. That's the best thing I've ever heard." Like, yes. And then the answer was, of course, because a man wrote it. And it's like, yeah, that makes total sense. That makes sense too. Like, do I want to think this nine-year-old's hot or Ewan McGregor? Okay. The force compelled her. <laughs> yes, right. right. <laughs> the midichlorians in his in his Christ-like midichlorian blood. So dumb. Uh, it compelled her onward into intercourse. So dumb. <laughs> it is so so dumb. But there you go. Well, that was the Word Bros episode. Speaking of dumb, I think that's a good way to end it. It is. So maybe Kevin and I will do a Kickstarter. We just need to sack up and be be like not be so scaredy cats about it. Just do it. I mean, we'll do it. We won't. We, I know we won't. We're not going to, but we got to. No, it. we're going to do it. All right. Uh, we'll we have it. to. We will. When I come back from Savannah, we'll talk about it and try to run it and figure it out. There we go. Right before tax season, bro. That's the time to do it, man. People are going to be throwing money at stuff. They got their income tax checks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening to Word Bros. Yeah, we appreciate you guys tuning in, and yeah. uh, we look forward to interacting more with you guys throughout this year. Yeah. And always find us on Twitter at word underscore bros. That's right. And then Kevin is Kevin Cuff. It's underscore. Kev, uh, Kevin underscore Cuff. And then you are at BFrance19. <laughs> That's me, baby. That's me. So there you go. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com.